All right, we got Gabe Lopez in the building. What's up, brother? Hi, everybody. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? <laughs> you want to uh, start off with some Bruno Mars? Sure. I'm digging your new studio, dude. This is a nice studio. You're popping the cherry, bro. Yeah, this is the first time in this studio? Yeah, first uh, time in the studio, bro. That, that's nice, dude. Yeah. It's snazzy. Thank you, brother. <laughs> we just got to pad up the walls probably a little bit. So, like, soundproof it that, a little that bit. That way the girls don't scream when you're yes, doing whatever you're doing. I exactly. That, nobody can hear them. <laughs> All right, let's try out some uh, this new Bruno Mars real quick. Oh, this is a cool song. Yeah? So this just came out, huh? Yeah, he, he signed, I don't know if you know this, he signed a deal, like a residency deal, and part of his deal is he got to ride a jet ski in the Bellagio Fountains. Oh. Yeah, which is in this video. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's Vegas right there. Yeah. I just love his sound, dude. Yeah. See, he's downtown right now. We gotta learn how to dance, dude. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> A little bit of ass right there. Dude, he's gotta be one of the most talented artists out there. Dude, I wanna party with this guy so bad, dude. He just seems like he's fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, he seems also like one of the only real artists out there, too. Yeah. Everybody's doing auto-tune, yeah. fake, you know. No, in my opinion, if there's anybody that could ever take over Michael Jackson's role, this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's but great. If he has a chance, because he's only like, what, 24, 25, 26? I think that's how old he is. Really? Yeah. Let's see. He's still young. Look him up. Let's see. Bruno Mars. Wikipedia. Let's see. There it is. 1985. Holy shit. Yeah. He's three years younger than me. That makes me feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> Seriously. That, doesn't that suck? Yep. Like when somebody that's your age and they've accomplished way, way more. Like somebody that's Obama's age and is like, fuck. Yeah. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> I think Alonzo Bodine has a really good joke about like. I think who who was it Jesus or something? He's like I'm 33 and a half, <laughs> same age as Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man, this is some good music. I was telling you, me and Lizzie saw him perform in Reno at the Grand Sierra Resort uh, when he was pretty much one album deep. Yeah, like but five years ago was a lifetime ago for Bruno Mars. He's done yeah, so much in those five years. That's true. Very true. Yeah. I think that's when he came out, probably with that first. Uh, he didn't even have his own album when he got famous. Uh, he was in that B.O.B. Oh, that's song. right. I forgot. He was guesting in some songs. Yeah, he first. was. Yeah, he was just doing a guest spot. Because <laughs> that billionaire song, he was just. Yeah. He wasn't the lead voice on that. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't even his. Song. Uh, so yeah. sad. 
Where do we go wrong, buddy? Where do we go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Man, so how, um, this has been a long time coming. And usually, you know, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while. Been doing, yep. I've been doing my podcast for about... I'm thinking three years. How long have you been Congratulations, man. Thanks, I man. had no Thank idea you. it's been going on that long. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we hit uh, over 100 episodes in April. So that was a little milestone for me. That is awesome. Yeah. More more people, like other people that do the podcast, their own podcast, they have way more episodes than me because I do it like once a week or bi-weekly or sometimes yeah. I what, drop like six in a month. When you have someone to talk to, when you have something to talk about. Yeah. There, there's people that do podcasts just so I could get their voice so they can get their voice on the air. Very true. Yeah. And then they they fizzle out, you know, because people they it's do. not interesting. People stop listening. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I, I know there's there's this uh, particular person that started their podcast around the same time I did. And they're up to almost a thousand. But like and they started last week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, who's listening, though? Exactly. Yeah. I like it sometimes, though, when uh, I've gone like right now, I think since I, I put up the studio, it's been about a month. Um, when people start hitting me up, it's cool. Um, it's cool to know that people are like, Hey, what's up with the fucking podcast? Yeah. Ready? And that's a credit to you. you. Lazy if, ass. When they're, when they're reaching out to you, that's, that, that's a credit to you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, when am I doing your podcast? Mm-hmm. That, that means people are hearing about it. Yeah, man. So I've been doing it three years. How long have you been doing your show out here? The, well, the, the dirty has been going on this past May was our three year anniversary. So like three and a half years now, I guess mm-hmm. three and a half years. Huh? Yeah. So, and, and the dirty at 1230 is still growing. I, I still can't believe it. I thought, okay, it's a midnight show yeah. on Friday nights and it's at an off hotel at the South point. So it's more of a locals driven place. And the number, the numbers just keep going up, you know, and not me, that's not me counting. That's the South point counting them for me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you had in the beginning, you were at 200 people. Now you're breaking 400 people a show, yeah. you know, and they're cramming into the room. You've done the show. You've seen yeah, it. done it several times. And I've never seen the show without people standing on the side. Yeah. Cause they run out of seats and it is completely word of mouth. You yeah. know, that is people, that is people outside that came to the show and telling, yo, Freddie, you got to come to this show. Let's go. I'm going. I've never missed a show. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that type of thing. Can you get a little closer? That's okay. How's like, that? There we go. That? Now you got that radio uh, voice. Right. Look at that shit. What's going on? There there, <laughs> yeah, but the show is just still, it's still growing. Like, the dirty, you know, yeah, 1230 every yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Like I, you know, we're so far away from 2017. I just signed my 2017 contract. So mm-hmm. it's going to continue going on next year. Yeah. You know, so we're going to hit our fourth anniversary plus. You know, and then just the people that come hang out, the where I'm like get chills is when it's people like Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan yeah. just show up. Yeah. They just show up and, and to hear Joe Rogan, hey, do you mind if I do a spot? I'm like, are you yeah. kidding? You're fucking Joe Rogan. Yeah. Of course, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know, and, and Joey Diaz, hey, cocksucker, what's going on? Am I going up tonight or what? You yeah. know, and it's all I ever wanted when I moved to Vegas is that Hollywood vibe, like a comedy mm-hmm. store, a laugh factor where these amazing names would just show up because yeah. they knew it was going to be a hot crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it's all been thank thanks to the fans, you know, we yeah. call them dirty birds, you know, they keep coming in droves and, and with the people, the comics come, you know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, the people that come out, 
they're loyal, man. They yeah. come out. I see them every week. Yeah. They <laughs> and there's hardcore. always a lot of new people too. They're hardcore because I'll go through a random speech in the beginning that it has to be a speech. And the South Point lawyers told me it's the call disclosure that I basically have to tell you. It's an uncensored show. If mm-hmm. you're easily offended, get out. And you see how the crowd gets involved. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're in They're They're basically reciting my speech because they don't yeah. want any douchebags hanging out. It's no. a party. It's a party first, comedy second. Let's all hang out. You know, we're yeah. here to have a good time. Yeah. And it's blown up. So it's definitely a, a diff, different environment from a comedy club. Because yeah. at a comedy club, it's like you really don't want people talking. Yeah. It's like people pay to go see a show and usually you get pissed off at hecklers at, at the dirty. I love talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I like I, I truly treat it like, okay, you guys are in my living room. Yeah. Let's have a blast. You yeah. know, if it's like a big Super Bowl party, how would you act there? You're mm-hmm. gonna have a good time. I want everybody to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that's that's okay, be careful if you're gonna say something to Joey Diaz because he's gonna rip you a new asshole. Yeah. That's your the risk you're taking and the yeah. crowd benefits from it. Yeah. Anything could happen at the 30th. And that's, you know, we're, you know, for the longest time, you know, like we have liquor sponsors now and it was the craziest thing where so many people were bringing me shots and I would be drunk halfway through the show and I couldn't finish a show. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to fight you guys back. Cause normally it'd be girls bringing me shots. I'm like, I'm not going to drink this shot unless you show, take off your shirt, show me your tits. <laughs> they started doing it. Now it's expected. Now, now it's the norm that they bring their, their shot up to me and then they just take off their shirt. I don't even have to ask him. Yeah. You know, so there's there's employees that'll come up to me. Let me get this right. That girl spent her hard-earned money to buy you a shot, and you won't take it unless she takes off her shirt. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much how it works. That is 100% how it works. That's awesome. It's, a, it's an odd design, but it's a design nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what is the most uh, titties you've ever seen on the show? Um, there was a, a bachelorette party, mm-hmm. and there was eight girls, all of them with eight shots. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not taking these eight shots. And luckily, the crowd was into it, egging it on. And all of them, including the bride, mm-hmm. all eight of them pulled their shirts off at the same time. Yeah. That'd been weird if there were 17 titties. Yeah. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I'm like, wait. What? Wait. I count an odd number of titties. Something's wrong here. Dang. 16 titties. Yeah. Whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> Dang. That is that is crazy, man. That, that is so cool. Um, have you guys ever done that? You know how you do the group shot? You ever done the group shot and girls uh, flash the camera? All the time. Really? <laughs> All the time. But we find out after the fact. Oh. When, when we're looking at the picture, like, you know, we'll, put, we'll pop them up on the computer screen and just like, wait, is that what I think it is? <laughs> they sneak it in. Like, that's, yeah. that's what these girls do. And who am I to fight them? You no, know, yeah. if, if, if no. any girl wants to show off, show off her titties, who am I to stop them? They're yeah. God-given right. Exactly. <laughs> it's their right. <laughs> so feel free to keep doing it, ladies. One of my f- fun- funniest times I had there was when uh, Greg Wilson <laughs> was headlining, <laughs> and this uh, this dude that was wearing a uh, Mayweather hat, uh, the oh, money TNT. That's right. Yeah, remember that? That's right. He was wearing that hat, and uh, he was heckling the whole night. He was yeah. so drunk. Next thing you know, he, the dude falls asleep. Yep. And he's in the front row. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> Greg Wilson uh, spots him out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we have a picture of that. Like, there's like eight of us that surrounded him. I took it. Yeah. Oh, you really? Because yeah. that's a great picture. Yeah. I, ra- I, I ran out there. No one was running out there. I fucking ran out there and got in front of you guys. And Greg Wilson is teabagging him. <laughs> the poor so, guy is falling asleep with his Mayweather hat. Yeah. So just be prepared if you go to the show. If you get a little tired, we're yeah. we are going to call you up. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it goes out late till like what yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes? Like, well, there's like okay, because the show starts at twelve thirty at night, and and. You see people get there at 10, 1030, you know, waiting, just mm-hmm. saving their spots and waiting for the show to start. Yeah. And there's times like when when Carlos Mencia showed up, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sun was coming out and he's still on stage and not what? a single person is left. You know, it's like 435 a.m. And yeah. he's understand this is a free show. And Carlos mm-hmm. Mencia is a millionaire doing stand up. Yeah. He's doing this free show just because the crowd was so hot and so fun. And. I'm like, all right, it's time for, am I buying McMuffins for everybody? Yeah. What, what, what am I doing here? Yeah. And There's nothing like this in any other city. There's nothing like it's this. It's such a hybrid show. It's, yeah. it's it, from, from, a, from the stand-up comics listening, it's not a bar gig and it's not a comedy club gig. It's Mm-mm. somewhere in that gray area in between. We figured out that there was something there and, mm. and, and we just party all night. A little bit of a Star Wars cantina. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. And there's no rhyme or reason. There's people that spend their 21st birthday there. Yeah. There's people that have spent their 80th birthday there. Yeah. You know, like it's just this this show is for everybody that doesn't get offended, yeah. you know, because yeah, like I'll even say in front of the show, if, if you're a, if my dad always told me, if you're offended by somebody's words, all you're saying is that that person thinks their opinion is more important than yours. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're talking about words. I'm not, I'm not spray painting your house. I'm not beating up on everybody. I'm not picking up on your wife. We're talking about words. So if you can't handle words and mm-hmm. you feel the need to complain about it, you're just saying your, impi- your opinion is more important than mine. Exactly. Go fuck yourself. Have you had somebody, uh, like, Obviously, if somebody doesn't like it, they could get up and leave. You yeah, tell them absolutely. That. But have you had somebody like disrupt the show to the point where they're really offended, though? They, they've tried. They they, tried. They've tried. And luckily, the, the fans are so loyal. They're pretty much like, hey, you, you heard the speech in the beginning. Get the mm, fuck out. Yeah. And then there's been people that try to go up the ladder, you know, from the managers and the owners and stuff like that. And just, you know, they, they just shut it down. Like, mm-hmm. look, we know the speech that Gabe gives in the beginning of the show. Yeah. You knew what you were walking into. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, because there's people that have tried to shut the show down before, mm-hmm. you know, and just because of words. We say words. You might see an occasional titty, but it's mostly words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, was, I went to see, um, I don't, it wasn't anybody in particular. I just went to the comedy store um, earlier this year and Dave Chappelle showed up. That's my, I got to get Chappelle someday. Yeah. Uh, someday I'm going to get him. Yeah. Dave Chappelle showed up and he he didn't want to bump anybody, so he waited to the last spot. He went up really late, almost like maybe twelve thirty or something. That's late for Cali, right? Yeah. And he didn't get off stage till till almost four o'clock in the morning. That's what he does. Yeah. And it was hilarious, super awesome show. But the bummer is that at two AM we couldn't drink anymore. That's right. So now we're watching there, Dave Chappelle, funny as fuck, and we're fucking thirsty. Since yeah. We're like, we're trying, right. now we're sobering up. We're sober. Yeah. <laughs> Still funny, but I could use a drink right now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I say there's nothing like this in any other place in the, in the fucking And thank country. God it's in Vegas because yeah. it is 24 hour drinking. There's no last call here. You yeah. know, so the bars are open. If the show's on, the bar's open. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. That, and hence when Carlos Mencia is on at five in the morning, people are still getting shots of tequila, yeah. you know, just because you can. Yeah. That's, that's why I love this town. I fucking love Vegas. Yeah. 
did, when you moved out here, um, was it around the same time you started the show? Or? No, no, no. I moved out. <coughs> I moved out here in '07, and and there were some failures, you know, before the dirty. People just think I'm just an overnight success, you mm-hmm. know. No, there was failures, and I started in the first place that would open a door for me was in Boulder City. Mm. There was a casino called the Hacienda Casino out there. And uh, and uh, we started doing that. It was in a movie theater, mm-hmm. like wait for the movies to be done, and then we would on Saturday night we would do a comedy show. Yeah, and and it was easy to get your friends to come out the first couple times. Yeah, like all right, but now it's far. Boulder City is a good 40, 50 miles away from here, so now I got to rely on the locals. But I didn't realize that in boulder city like i would go to the local bars during the week hey guys i'm doing a show here i'm doing a show here and i can't believe like they would look at me like you're not from around here are you boy like i would really get that it's like you're not you're not one of us yeah like wow i had no idea there were so many white racist people (laughs) here in boulder city but yeah that's the nature of the beast there's not there's not a lot of us over there freddie that that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) no there isn't in a in a movie theater yeah yeah and so many cops in boulder city and really and they can tell they know all the regular all the cars are the regulars Mm -hmm. so they're they're just dying to pull over anybody that's not from around there yeah even if you have nevada plates doesn't matter yeah. You know, I did so shows there. Their money. I did shows there for about six months. I think every other month I got pulled over by the same cop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Are they cops? So most of the cops live there too? I, I imagine so. Oh, okay. That'd be my guess. I always thought of Boulder City like that's where, kind of like, a, have you ever seen that movie Copland? Yes. Like all the cops live outside of New York City yeah, and they live in yeah, this Yeah, not like town. that. Not They're like all that. like everybody knows everybody. Okay. You know, it's just one of those yeah. little armpit of a town. Yeah. You know, just. So that was, that went on what year? Oh, geez. I was like, we moved out here 2007. That wasn't even until like 2009 that, mm-hmm. that I finally got someone to say yes to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after doing that, then, then, um, I'm able to do some shows. Like I got a thing with the hard rock on the strip, but it's a hard rock cafe. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a hotel. And so that completely relied on my friends and any foot traffic. Since there's no hotel, there's not thousands of people staying there to see posters or anything like that. It's either you know about the show or you don't, Yep. you know, and that, that was hard. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous venue. Easily one of the most beautiful places I've seen, but just, it was just a hard sell. The strip is pretty hard the to strip, for comedy. Huh? And, and think about there's six Cirque du Soleil shows. You yeah. think they're not competing against each oh, other? Yeah. And now, now let's go down comedy, magicians, singers. Yeah. There's everything in that two mile radius that's so concentrated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know put the Mariah Carey has to put work into selling out. Celine Dion has to put work yeah. into selling it out. You know, just. Yeah. It is a Vegas is its own beast and it's hard to sell. So when I got this midnight gig. I eliminated competition. Yeah, that's really I try what yeah. I tried to do. I didn't want to be part of the eight o'clock comedy yeah. shows or the ten o'clock comedy shows, and and the benefit was all these other great comedians that are in town that have heard about the show. All right, well we're we're done with our shows. Let's yeah. go hang out. That's so cool. So it became a comic hangout, and then all the comics wanted to go up, and yeah. then and then so the comics are digging the hot crowd. The hot crowd is benefiting because they're getting this amazing show for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just became this perfect perfect storm of perfect people perfect comics done yeah and 24-hour drinking yeah exactly and and that's in a sense it's kind of like the comedy store too where in the comedy store a lot of people go there just to hang out yeah 
in the patio and just network and stuff. I go there and I never know who I'm going to run, run into. And it could be anybody, whether yeah. it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, doesn't matter. Oh, Eddie Griffin just showed up. Oh, Joe Rogan just showed up. Oh, yeah. Daniel Tosh is here. You know, just that's what happens. That was a killer show. That one time uh, Joe Rogan showed up. Uh, it was Steve Trevino, Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan closed the show. I was like, holy fuck. Oh, oh, at the dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that that was awesome because Steve Trevino was the headliner. Yeah. And Steve was up when Joey, Joey and uh, and Joe just showed up. Yeah. And 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 I didn't even see Joey, but you know his voice. Hey, cocksucker, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, hey yeah. Joey, what's going on? Yeah. So we want to do some time. Fuck yeah, you're doing some time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so just those three headliners, three bona fide headliners. Oh, yeah. So Steve Trevino became the opening act because then Joey yeah. Diaz and then Joe Rogan. Yeah. Do what you guys want to do for however much time you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a ridiculous show. Dude. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And, but what's cool too about the green room though, you have a picture of Joe Rogan, Joey, Steve, like yeah. all these nice. Yeah. yeah. We got a wall of fame. Yeah. We, it's like yeah. We, we're starting because I, I really wanted to, s the younger comics to see what type of stage this was yeah. becoming, mm -hmm. you know, because I was starting to have some problems with some younger comics thinking they, the younger comics always feel like they deserve more than, very than entitled. they do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's the perfect words. Like they feel very mm -hmm. entitled. Like, yo, cause there was a uh, one time, one comic that, I'm not fond of him, so I won't mention him. Mm -hmm. But there was 31 comics in the green room. I counted 31 comics, and three of those comics were Pablo Francisco, Carlos Mencia, and Christopher Titus. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this younger cat comes up to me. He's like, hey, yeah, Gabe, am I doing a couple of minutes tonight? And I'm like, dude, turn around and look at those people. Would, <laughs> would, would you put you up with all of these people? Oh, just a couple of minutes. Just go away. Just, just yeah. leave me alone. You yeah. Just... Yeah, and Jess, and, and, the, want, and that's after the show, I want to know who it is. Yeah. Oh, I'll be happy to tell you, but Jess, I don't even want to give him the, the publicity. No. Nah. But, but it's just some of these younger comics, it's, it's, it's a different culture now. They just feel because everything is a YouTube fame and how many hits you have and yeah. how many followers you have on Twitter. It's yeah. so different from just because I, I, like, for example, I used to DJ parties and nightclubs. It was, you know, I'd carry the crates of records with me to get into this club or mm -hmm. this party, whatever. Now it's a laptop or a memory stick, and these guys are making gazillions of dollars mm -hmm. for, in my opinion, doing a lot less work than what I used to do. You know, when I was coming up, same idea. It's like these these little YouTube stars, you know, all of a sudden have have a million followers, and they're getting comedy club dates. Yeah, Instagram fame. Yeah, uh, Snapchat. Uh, oh, the Vine was a big one. Yeah, a lot of them got huge on Vine, and they put them on stage, and they fucking and eat they can't a bag of they dicks. can't handle they, they can't, can't handle it. You know, they're used to being six second famous. You know, yeah, just yeah. Th that's it. Yeah, and uh, and that's just the situation they're in. But now, luckily, the comics that have been doing the grind, uh, so I could walk into a comedy club or a bar. Can mm -hmm. you know these Vine stars can't do that? No, you know I'm like, all right, I'll handle this crowd, and I know exactly how I'm going to handle this crowd. Yeah, and you know, and just it's it's sad where where comedy clubs have to adapt to these YouTube stars and these Twitter stars, and and it, it leaves us high and dry, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, because a lot of the bookers also they're they're it's a business. Yes, so they don't and, even give a fuck about comedy. And sometimes. butts and seats—that's all they care butts about. And seats. It doesn't matter how how polished you are, how yeah. much time you can do, how funny you are, what kind of following you have. Do you have the following that this person has? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know that type of thing. Yeah, they just care about selling alcohol, butts and seats, and it could be a horrible show. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that's their business. Yeah. I, I I get it. You know, that's bottom line. If it was my club and and I got these little open micers or this YouTube star. 
I get it. You know that their their job is to pay the rent and pay their employees and keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah. And w- w- where'd you start comedy? Did you start in Cali? I yeah, I started in California, and I, and I started with with people like DJ Cooch and Corey and Chad, the Smash Brothers, and like we all Bruce Jingles. We all kind of came up in the same mm-hmm. uh, in this doing the same bar gigs, you know, doing the same shitty bars or coffee houses and doing all that stuff and right in LA or yeah like actually outside of LA because oh. I, I started in like San Bernardino and Riverside and then those counties oh, okay. and uh, and we would carpool to go to LA to try to get the Laugh Factory gigs uh-huh. you know and like and it'd be like Latino Monday is at the Laugh Factory and you have to check in at noon for an 8 p.m. show so we're stuck there all day and it's not like we had money to blow so yeah. all right we're killing time you gotta stand in line yeah, outside and so that, it looks and that, packed and that's it that is it <laughs> And I don't miss those days at all. And thank yeah. God, thank God, I don't, I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones that I don't need to beg the improv for a gig. And I don't need to beg the Laugh Factory for a gig. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm lucky enough where I wasn't trying to be a producer, but the reason I became a producer is because my phone wasn't ringing. Why? Because the Laugh Factory wasn't calling me and mm-hmm. the improv wasn't calling me. Yeah. So it was either completely retired from comedy or let me try to produce some stuff and see if I could get this going. Yeah. Those were my options. Yeah. You know, people just think like, and there's comedy clubs in Vegas that aren't fond of me. Mm-hmm. Just because I I took away what they call their their locals, their their locals population, their local you know because during the week Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday they try to rely on the locals. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys weren't calling me, and all these wonderful comics are my friends. Mm-hmm. What did you want me to do? It's a different time slot. So I don't. It's even a see... completely. I don't see yeah. how one has anything to do with the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. To, you know, you're talking about an 8 p.m. show compared to my midnight show. Yeah, I can. I can pretty much guarantee you, if they're coming to my midnight show, they weren't ready to go to an eight o'clock show, and vice versa. If you're going to an 8 p.m. show, all right, my show's not for you. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. What well, when you started doing comedy? Uh, out there did you ever start up any show or did the idea was was that born here in vegas that that was really born out here in vegas uh-huh. that was just like it was uh it was truly a situation where i was like by myself sitting down and uh, do i need to find a job because i need to support myself and yeah. because this comedy thing isn't paying the bills or let me see if I can produce it. And I'm still, you know, would still work a day job and still try to produce it and still, still try to get my friends, my funny friends, because that's who I could afford. Yeah. You know, it's calling in favor upon favor upon favor. Hey, uh-huh. come on out. And luckily it was Vegas. It wasn't Bakersfield or Albuquerque or El Paso. It was a city that everybody wanted to perform in. Right. So, all right, I got this show in Vegas. You guys want to come out? Fuck yeah, we're coming out, yeah. you know? And, and the snowball just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, now now it's gotten to a point where I'm intertwining my friends who are talented and have Netflix deals and stuff like that now. And I'm intertwining that with Ralphie May and Joe Rogan and people of that caliber. And now they're all doing the same show. And ultimately, like I said, the crowd is the one that benefits. You know, they're like, holy shit, this show is amazing. And then I get to introduce them to people that they I just want to create people that genuine comedy fans beyond a Jerry Seinfeld and beyond a Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. I want them to know, holy shit, this Alonzo Bowden guy is a beast. Why yeah. have I never heard of this yeah. guy? Yeah. You know, because you, just like music, you know, as much as there's a, there's the most famous people, like, I don't know, like a Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber, people that I know, I don't even like them, but I know what caliber they are. Mm-hmm. There's so many more talented people that don't have 50 million records yeah. sold. 
And just like you, it's like, you know, it's a matter of time before, before you're on your way, because Mm -hmm. I've seen, I love the premises you have. I've told you after shows, dude, I I can't wait for this bit to get fine tuned. And I can't wait to see where this bit goes. Yeah. And that's exciting for me because I I watch everybody's sets and it's just like, oh my God, this bit is going to grow, you know? And I, and I've had conversations with like Bill Burr and, and you know, he knows when a, when a bit is raw mm-hmm. in in his own personal arsenal and when he sees other comics perform like oh that's gonna be a destructive joke when it gets polished yeah yeah and that's the nature of our beast we're different than musicians you know a musician okay we're singing these 10 songs today guys whether there's one person there or a million people there they're singing those 10 songs yeah comics can't do that if there's one person there we're adjusting what we're gonna say if there's right. a million people there we're gonna adjust what we're gonna say yeah and we're just flying by the seat of our pants yeah comics have that idea and that's set in their head and that's what our default is yeah but our job is to go with the wave of the crowd it's true yeah. it's like uh like in football like yeah. a quarterback calling an audible exactly you're dealing with <laughs> what's happening right now yeah yeah you have this play in mind oh fuck that no they're doing this let's go this direction guys yeah, yeah. and that's what a comics mindset we are constantly throwing audibles in our head yeah. one, one of the audibles that i get a lot right now because of the election season is if somebody yells out trump or something i go to my trumpet i'm like oh i gotta do it and then and that's they, great. They, they think i'm making it up on a spot yeah it's like they have no idea i've done this shit so many times and, and, and that's a benefit to you because they think it's just this organic thing that you just made up so they think you're even more talented than, than than you are and let them think that like holy shit this freddy guy they threw a trump thing at him and he just went this direction he handled and, it and that's <laughs> awesome he handled this heckler with this trump shit and and like a beast yeah. you know and, and that's awesome but that's how a lot of these comics are that especially the ones that that are talented with their crowd work if you think it's the first time that they're doing that joke that's a credit to them because it's probably their thousandth time doing that joke mm-hmm. yeah you know it's polished it, but it is so polished that you think you could do that. Yeah. And that is the ultimate compliment. Hey, bro. Hey, uh, my, my friends at work say I'm funny. What do you think? Well, I don't fucking know you, first of all, dude. But, uh, <laughs> but all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross my arms, and I'm just going to look at you. Make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not like that, bro. No, it is like that. That is exactly how stand-up comedy is. Oh, no, no, bro. It's not like, let me guess. You're the funny guy at work because somebody says something stupid and then you feed off of it. Exactly, bro. Yeah, it's not like that. Go ahead and make me laugh. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's funny that you bring that up because I, I actually wrote down a note. I wanted to ask you something. I, I, I text myself. You ever text yourself All with the time. a funny joke or Dude, something? Yeah. Every time I have an idea that I don't want to forget, I text it to myself. I text myself at like three in the morning. <laughs> Ask Damn. Gabe. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I didn't want to forget this. Uh, Ask Gabe five things that you hate that comics do on a live show. Five things that you hate, whether it's a new comic or seasoned comic. Five things that you hate. I, I hate I hate it when a comic does, and, and it tends to be the black comics. It, and this is what always annoys me. I, I hate it when they try to pull out um, a laugh or an applause. Anytime a comic goes, oh, come on. Oh, look at all the hot ladies. Give it up for yourselves, ladies. Give it up. I hate that shit. I can't stand because... I, I feel bad for the girls. Am I supposed to clap? That seems that seems pretty arrogant. And am I not supposed to clap? Uh, all right. Well, I think more of myself. I just I hate it when you put people in a bad situation. Oh, mm-hmm. ladies, give it up for yourselves. <laughs> give it up for yourselves. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. And and I just I I I hate hacky jokes. I can when you can tell you just read it from a joke book, but they're like one liners, mm-hmm. like one line jokes that that are just. 
the entire world, including the crowd, knows that this is not an original bit. Mm-hmm. Why are you treating like it's your original bit? Yeah. You know, and then and then the comics that don't give them <laughs> and the one thing, the newer comics, I wish they would so many newer comics are trying to get that headliner forty five minutes that they don't even try to polish their first ten minutes. Yeah. Like, dude, work on that first 10, and that and that 10 becomes 15, mm-hmm. and then that 15 becomes 20. Now you're a feature, but now you're a strong feature. Yeah. And then everything just snowballs downhill. Like, okay, because 20 going to 25, 25 going to 30 becomes easy, because then you're going to realize your 20 minutes, once you're comfortable on stage, you can start going with the wave, and you haven't even done any jokes yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't done any material. You're just having fun with the crowd. <laughs> I love asking new comics. Yeah. How much time you got? No, oh, 40 minutes, Dude. bro. 45 minutes, bro. There is one comic. It's actually the same comic that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> and he, and the first time I met him, hey, hey, buddy, how much time can you do? Oh, man, I could do 45 minutes. I'm like, all right, well, it's your first time here. <laughs> so I'm going to cut that in half to 20 minutes. I'm going to cut that in half <laughs> to 10 minutes. So... After 10 minutes, if I give you 8 to 10, you are going to destroy this room. Am I understanding you correctly? Oh, man, I'll, I'll kill this room. Good. He got off stage at four minutes. Why? You told he, he got off himself. At four minutes. <laughs> at four minutes. I'm like, dude, what happened to this 45? You were talking, oh, man, this crowd, this crowd, man, this is the wrong crowd. I had to this cut is, it in half, bro. <laughs> this is this is a crowd just like any other crowd. Yeah. You know, they're 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 intelligent. You know, they they you know, I like, you know, I don't like a comic that relies on dick and pussy jokes. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, I don't care if you talk about sex, but if your whole set is dick and pussy, like like ladies, you know when you suck and dick and shit, like ah, sh- there you go again. Yeah. Oh, oh, or, or you know when you lick and pussy? No, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember when you asked me how much time you got, and I'm like 15, and uh, then you're like, all right, give me 10. I'm like cool, and I was just honest because, you know, I could say the oh yeah, I got 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes of what? Yes. Talking to the crowd, yes. pausing, yeah. repeating the sentence, a premise, you yeah. know. So I was just honest. Have I done more? Yeah, I've done yeah. more. But how much can I do here? You got to yeah. be realistic. And, and, you you, and, and I tell comics, look, this is a very late night show. Mm-hmm. So a 15 minute set is really 10 minutes because right. you have to go at them faster. You can't let them get bored. You can't let them get sleepy. They'll start talking. And they'll start talking. You'll see them on their phones. You'll see them just start flashing. It's like you have to get them fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be honest with me. How much time do you think you could realistically do on this stage? Yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, this bar and grill over here, how much time you did. And oh, and this is another thing I hate the comics do. When they call themselves a headliner just because they went on last on a fucking show oh, yeah. and they only did 10 <laughs> minutes at the beat, but they went last. Yeah. And then they're the ones going out on Twitter and Facebook just to just headline this room, destroyed yeah. this bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. I, I, yeah, people call themselves a headliner because they headline once. It's yeah. like you're a headliner. To me, a headliner is somebody that li- makes a living off. Yes, off headlining. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So we got the first one was I don't remember comics <laughs> that talk to the crowd and, and make you know like stuff, make people like kind of clap like Hey, ladies, give it up oh, for yourselves. Ladies, give ladies. it up for yourselves. Give it up for yourselves, ladies. Shut up. <laughs> and then uh, comics that call themselves a headliner. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. So shit. we're on two. Yeah, I don't know. There was some more in there. There's oh, some more. Hopefully there. your fans will put it all down. There's I'm three. Sure, yeah, Actually, I counted three so really? far. Shit. I don't know. Let's see. What, what else do I do? Or I not know? necessarily on stage. Something that just maybe the, uh, 
comics. Yeah, just do. like those. Well, like we talked about earlier, those those younger comics that feel entitled. Like, mm. like I'm you walk into my show and I'm supposed to put you up because you're you. I don't know who you are, you know. And I I I wish you know I live in Vegas. I wish I was more into the local scene just to see who's coming up and who's you know who's got some talent. But I, I go off my friends like you, like, hey, this guy's got a good five minutes. This guy's got a good 10 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I just can't get out on a Tuesday night anymore the way I used to because I'm not trying to do workout sets anymore. You know, yeah. I, I have my own shows where I'm trying to work out my own sets. And that, that's the only thing I regret. But just these entitled little yeah. shits. You know what's cool about me and you, though? My relationship with you, I think, is like I never went up to you and asked you. I never asked you. Yeah. I would just go hang out, mm-hmm. made friends with Jose Tapia. Yeah. Uh, Tina friended you on Facebook and I would just go and take friends all the time. And one day you asked me, I think it was in the middle of last year or something. And I've been going there for years already. Yeah. You're like, Hey, you want to do a spot? How much time you got? And I told you, and, and you put me up. And ever since I've done it several times, it's like, it, it's pretty cool. I like it like that. I like it like that more. I understand sometimes you got to go out and search also. Yeah. Or else nothing's going to happen. I, I understand that too. Yeah. I totally understand that. <clears throat> but I like that because I feel it kind of sets me aside from those fucking people. Yeah. That are always fucking nibbling at you. Yeah. You know, like I used to run my own show, my own comedy competition. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass at a bar. Yeah. I can't imagine like all the people I hit you up during the week, all the local comics, all the comics from out of state. You know? I, 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 I'm <laughs> sad that so many local comics don't like me because I haven't replied to their email or I haven't replied to their message through whatever means they use to get Do a hold of me. Do you feel like that, that they don't like you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well. because, because there's close friends that tell me like, wow, this like, Hey, why don't you go to the dirty? Oh, Gabe ain't shit, man. He won't book me. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. But I also tell these younger comics, I know there's no reason for you to not be at my show, but not that I'm going to put you up. If that's your expectation, then we have a problem. Uh-huh. You're, you're still learning. You're still trying to climb the ladder. So why not come and learn? You know, like this week, I have Chris Porter headlining. The guy has a Netflix special and a Comedy Central special. He runs a clinic. He, like, learn why does, why does stuff work with him? Oh, yeah, Chris that, Porter. He's a beast. Yeah. He's an absolute beast, and he can handle a bar crowd. He can handle a comedy club crowd, and he loves, like, the guy tours all over the country, and as far as Vegas, he will only do my show because my show is generally fun for him to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do seven days at, an, at this club or five days at this club. Yeah. He has a blast. He enjoys being up on stage. And, and, and if they have a blast, it conveys onto the people. And that's why. And this guy likes to party, loves to hang out, cool. buy, him, buy him a beer. He's down, <clears throat> loves to meet people. Yeah. And, and, and I would love for the newer comics to see that they're not really up here. Mm-hmm. Being a being a high end local Vegas comic doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. You are nothing. You are even if you think you're a big fish in a small pond. No, you're still a small fish in a small pond. You know, just because you think you can headline, you can't headline because ultimately, will will a manager book you? Will a club book you with that material that you're doing? If the answer is no, keep working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Porter, he's, I've seen him around a lot. Oh, yeah, if, if you guys are listening, just just look up his Netflix special, Ugly and Angry. Oh, so, so good. Oh, yeah? So hilarious. Like, he'll even do a joke. Hey, uh, when next time you're having sex, uh, if you don't mind pu- just pushing play on my special. 
I get 30 <laughs> cents off of that. So yeah. that, that would, I would appreciate that a lot. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You were saying that about, um, you have comics that will be like, he ain't shit, but yeah. it's like, you don't even know who the fuck these people are. No clue. And you've probably seen him, but, uh, I've heard this on, on Joe Rogan's podcast before. You ever heard of the Dun- Dunbar number? I've heard of it. I don't, I can't say I know enough about it. Let's see. Like everybody could only hold about 150 to maybe 250. Oh yes. I, I, I actually names. listened to that podcast. Did you? Yeah. Oh, oh you listen yeah, to the podcast I actually too. listened to this specific podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could listen. You, you could hold up to 150, maybe some people 250 names, yeah. faces, yeah, uh, in your memory. It's like we run out. Period. Yeah, like there is a capacity, and if you meet yeah. a new person today, number two <clears throat> 200 just got kicked <laughs> yeah, out. They got deleted. But you don't know who number 200 is. <clears throat> no, you don't know. Somebody just died in your head. Like somebody doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. It's crazy. And 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 everybody remembers faces. You know, because there is another thing yeah. listening to a podcast. You, when you dream, uh-huh. when you dream different people's faces, your, your brain isn't capable of creating new people. So these are people in your dreams <clears throat> that you've seen before, mm-hmm. whether you know it or not, you know, just in passing, you know, because you are around a thousand people, you'll take mental pictures and those people might be in your dream, yeah. but you think they're brand new people. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. That's true. I, I'm bad with names. I think I'm good Me, with faces. I, I suck with names. Dude. You suck with names? I suck with names. There's some people are really good at names. But um, what what podcast was that where you heard that? Um, <clears throat> I want to say it was a Joe Rogan podcast, but I'm not 100% sure. I listen to so many podcasts, bro. Um, I just listen to this. Um, I do the comedy ones, Joe Rogan's, Joey Diaz, all those. But I, I And then I do the Opie and Anthony's. Uh, radios, but I also listen to a lot of like, um, like documentary podcasts where they just put a documentary on a podcast and you just listen to it. Yeah, I just heard this one. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this fucking word. I'm gonna butcher it, but it's called prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia. Yeah, it's called face blindness. There's people that can look at your face and can't remember your face. You know, like when you first see somebody. Wow. It, it takes me probably two, three times to remember somebody's face, maybe. Or, or like if I see them again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you. But just to bring it up in my own head, if I close my eyes and bring it up, you know. But there's people that will forget your face immediately. And this podcast, it was actually, let me give them a shout out. It's called Documentary. Uh, this episode was called, yeah, it's called The Documentary. It's from BBC World Service. And it's called uh, Who Are You Again? So it's like. Yeah, it's people that forget people's faces all the time. And it's like my memory card right now. I had to buy a new memory card <laughs> because I, I get lazy and I don't clean them out. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just buy a new one because I had too much shit on the last one. But in our heads, when you meet all these comics, it's like, oh, shit, somebody just got deleted. And it was that guy that's like, gaming shit. Yeah. He got deleted from your head, bro. And, and, and you know, the shitty part is those are the ones that stand out because, because I, you know, I'm a comic first and I'm a producer second. And my yeah. job is to open doors. I really want to be that guy to open doors. Yeah. But I want that guy that's been doing two, three years comedy. I want to put him on the same lineup as a Carlos Mencia. Yeah, Carlos Mencia probably won't remember him. But this is the biggest thing that's happened to that comic that's been doing it for two to three yeah. years. And I want to do that. 
but all these comics are coming out of the woodwork that I've never heard of before. Or, or they'll ask me, hey, when you headline this guy that I would, I would only give him, I don't, there's one particular comic, I'd only give him 10 to 12 minutes tops. Mm. But now there's people asking me, hey, when he headlines, I want to do two to three minutes. It'll be my first time doing stand-up. You know, it's my bucket list. I give a fuck about your bucket list. <laughs> I can give a rat's ass about your bucket list. This isn't an open mic night. This, yeah. this, this is a book show yeah. that gets incredible talent and I can't diminish, you know, I don't want the bucket list guy to be on the same lineup as Carlos Mencia. Right. I want the guy that's been doing it three to five years and been going at it and doing the bars. And I want him to be with Carlos Mencia because that guy now feels a bit of inspiration. Shit. Okay. I am on the right track. Yeah. I, I was in this lineup. I want this guy to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I want all these guys to succeed. And, and don't think just because you're not on my show that you can't be successful. I just found my way. You can find your way. Right. Don't don't blame your lack of success on me, asshole. That's yeah. that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have some friends that have left Vegas saying Vegas sucks for comedy. I'm like, really? I'm I'm having a lot of fun out here. Yeah. Performing with Edwin, doing LA Comedy Club, performing with you out there, and uh, different gigs around town and everything. You know. And I'm all the fucking. One of the cool things about Vegas, obviously, being the entertainment capital of the world. Mm. All the networking, man. All the comics you meet, headliners. The the entire world comes to us. That's yeah. the one the one benefit that we have to take advantage of this town. Yeah. Edwin Edwin San Juan is just a wonderful human being, aside mm-hmm. from a beast. The first time I ever got to do a guest spot at an improv for a big headliner, the big headliner was Freddie Soto. Mm-hmm. Edwin was the host, so he was still relatively new, but enough to be the host. Al Madrigal was the feature act, and then Freddie Soto was a headliner. Mm-hmm. And Freddie Soto was just like, yeah, you've been doing comedy? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you want to do a spot tomorrow? And this was a Saturday night. So I was doing a Saturday night at an improv. Yeah. Biggest thing that's ever happened to my life. And and just and I'm calling the world. Hey, I'm gonna be at the improv on I'm gonna be at the improv. I'm gonna be at the improv. Everybody wow. come out, come out, come out. Cause it was just the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. And at the time I think I'd been doing comedy three or four years and I was not an Edwin San Juan, Al Madrigal, Freddie Soto level. Yeah. But Freddie Soto didn't care. He even talked to me after he's like, Gabe, I promise you, this is the best job you will ever have in your life. Mm-hmm. The money will come out of amazing places you don't even know where the money's coming from and it will just magically appear and now you know i started in 2002 so i'm 14 years into it it's weird where you get the offers and 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 wait wait you're gonna pay me how much you know like (laughs) wow okay yeah absolutely i'll be there yeah or now since i'm a producer now i'll get calls hey we want you to put a whole show together you know just you know what's your rate and i would just throw some stupid number at him all right, that sounds good. It's like, it's like we, we had a bigger budget, so this will this will work out. Shit, you had a bigger budget? Damn it. Why didn't I throw a bigger number out at the... Yeah. You know, and then I get to take my friends, and we'll do a random casino in, in Parker, Arizona, and I'll bring my friends like Greg Wilson and and, and DJ Cooch and the, yeah. and the twins, Corey and Chad, and just... Killers. And, and then... And then all headliners in their own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're just not movie stars, and that's why. Isn't that cool though? Like, okay, so you started with all these guys, mm-hmm. and they're all headliners, and now I can take them with me. And yeah, it's it's amazing. Like when you start off in a path, and and, and you're all like doing what you love doing. You know, yeah. obviously, there's some people that fall off. Yeah, and they they quit. They're like, oh, this shit ain't for me, or yeah. life happened, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, man, like those guys, the twins are fucking killers. Yeah. 
And there's nothing, I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. And, and it's such a custom show that you either love them or hate them. Yeah. But the people that love them, love them. You know, you're talking about uncensored, identical twins that mm-hmm. just banter back and forth to each other. The way, the way I describe them when I'm like trying to book a new show, it's like they're identical twins. They're white. They look white supremacist, <laughs> but they were, they were raised in a Mexican neighborhood and they talk black. Yeah. That's like, just so I can get every race in there. They look like they, they're probably related to Stone Cold. Yeah. Steve Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. And, and with that similar type of attitude, like we yeah. don't give, we don't give a fuck. This is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And, and they're they're And, but the biggest sweethearts off stage. Yes. Yes. They're just so cool. Like dude. the guys that will hug you and give you the shirt off their back. You know, they're, yeah. they're that big hearted, but yeah. on stage they are just a switch turns on and they are the dick of dicks that people love. Just, yeah. They're awesome. They're yeah. They're amazing. Dude. So you go every once in a while you go out of town, huh? And yeah. Do some L- shows. Luckily Vegas is keeping me, keeps me busy. But when I like, when I'll throw, when somebody will ask for a quote and I'll throw them number, I, I thank God I'm I'm the guy that like hey guys um, I'm gonna cut you this this check for X amount of dollars, and we're all gonna party all weekend at this place. Mm-hmm. All right, Gabe, we're in. It's not a hard sell. <laughs> so if you're gone for the weekend, somebody will host for you. Yeah, so sometimes or sometimes we'll just take off at the crack of dawn on Saturday, and okay. uh, like all right, we're going. Like if it's if it's driving distance, great, and if it's far away, I I include airfare. You know, but since I'm the producer, I'm the one that's getting all our plane tickets and yeah. I'm the one that's going to get us there. And I'm the one that gets everybody paid. You know, yeah. so that, that's that's the benefit that I have that that all my friends don't because they're busy being on the road because they have managers and they're booking them in such and such yeah. places. And I don't deal with managers. I deal with my friends. Right. Hey, buddy, we're doing this. You ready? All right, let's go. One of the things, though, if you're not there at the show, obviously, it's a great show, but I've noticed uh People are there. They go to see you. Yeah, people get pissed. People get pissed. pissed. They love you. Yeah, like, like the crowd, the Dirty Birds. Yeah, they fucking love you. Yeah, they are. They are loyal to a fault. Like they yeah. are just where the fuck is Gabe? Where? Yeah. No, no, you're not Gabe. Where the fuck is yeah, Gabe? Exactly. That, that's because they, like okay, for example, I've never personally, I've never gone to your show because somebody's there. Yeah, I, I go because I want to go hang out. Yeah. I don't go because uh, you you bring some obviously you bring some killer headliners, but it's it's not necessarily the headliners that brings them there. I think it's just the whole show, the environment. Yeah, and and it's it's definitely it's not like a comedy club. It is a no. party environment. Yeah, and 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 the way I describe it, like before the show, it's great where people reserve their tables, but it's almost like the the only comparison I could make is when you go to church and everybody knows each other before before church gets started that's what they're all doing hey so good to see you oh, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks Fellowship. what's going on where you been that's it's, like, it's really become that it's like and they're all going to each other hey how are you and they're hugging each other and hey let's go grab a drink hey let's go get some shots yeah. are you getting Gabe a shot today or am I getting Gabe a shot today like the conversation where this show has evolved is stupidly ridiculous and I just thank my lucky stars that I got it that's cool man that's so cool we usually do about an hour we're about to hit an hour you sweet you still good i'm good okay cool cool right on brother this is so cool man um i like i said this has been a long time coming i also want to ask you uh friendships they have like for example ralphie may he uh was part of the beginning right he the, the way it worked out is ralphie like ralphie's been a friend of mine for years and uh and i'd be opening i do a lot of west coast gig, gig, gigs with him 
and and he saw that I was sad and upset and like Ralph I'm I'm ready to retire like you know what I I can't support myself with this mm-hmm. and uh, and luckily he was performing at the South Point and he talked to the entertainment director like look my buddy Gabe he, I think he could run a great show um, I'll put my name on it I'll back it and uh, and uh, so to give it some credibility and and it'll take off and I'll even do the first show mm. that first show where I was able to announce a free Ralphie May show, but it was my show, but it was a free Ralphie May show. Our little lounge holds 160 people. They add chairs, you know, to make it to like 200. That first show had over 500 people wow. to establish the dirty. So obviously we, we established it well. And, and every time Ralphie's in town, Gabe, if I can stop by, baby, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. <laughs> and he's, and you know, it's just as you know, thank God for Ralphie May as far yeah. as because that guy opened a door for me that wasn't going to open for me by myself. Yeah. And, and so he, he stuck his neck out and, uh, and absolutely just completely changed my life. So, so whatever, if whatever, any, if anybody has anything negative to say for, about Ralphie May, they can go kiss my ass because mm-hmm. I love that man. I will do anything for that guy. Uh, everybody respects him. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Uh, I did one of my favorite things is listening to ralphie may on on uh uncle joey's podcast oh that's the those best. are my favorite oh because they're getting high together oh yeah oh geez <laughs> and they start telling stories of when they started and they were roommates <laughs> yeah and everything uh, and they, i guess they were roommates with pablo too at one point and it's like it's just insane to hear oh, these stories and then ralphie would tell me when he was getting started and uh and this unknown comic named Gabriel Iglesias had uh-huh. a car uh-huh. and Ralphie would be walking to like the comedy store, or the laugh factory and Gabe would stop by and see Ralphie walking, pick him up because Gabe was the one that had the car and that's how they'd go to gigs together. Wow. You know, just people don't realize the, what goes into a stand-up comedy career. It's yeah. not just handed to you. You know, there's, there's people that here talk shit about Kevin Hart people don't realize the work that Kevin Hart put in. Those are the worst fucking people. You know, just think that this guy's entitled in an overnight success. And from a comic perspective, no, no, he's absolutely not. And this guy is, and I love Kevin Hart because he always maintains his stand-up roots. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he gets to do movies and he's doing stadiums now. I saw he made on the Forbes list. He's number one. First time that Jerry Seinfeld's not number one. Really? Kevin Hart is number one with 80-something million dollars that he made in the past year. But that's a combination of the movies and what he's producing and the stand-up, doing stadiums, making a million dollars a gig doing the stadiums. Yeah. You know, and and deservedly so. You know, this guy does... I, I can't imagine anybody would say Kevin Hart is not the hardest working guy because that guy puts work. You know who I hear more from the hate? From black dudes. I haven't really yeah. heard... Uh, other than that, Dude, on Facebook, <laughs> I see people say, "I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kevin Hart juice." Yeah, people put their own race down more than anybody. Like, yeah. like no, the people that talk the biggest shit about me being Mexican, fucking Mexican comics. Really, they're the ones that talk shit the most shit about me. Yeah, you're fluent in yeah, Spanish. Yeah, and I and I speak Spanish fluently, and I can hear. They probably they don't even speak Spanish. Yeah, and they don't. <laughs> and, and it's funny, like, and I'll never tell. There's comics now that that I book and uh-huh. I pay them that used to talk shit about me. Oh, and no. they don't even know that I know they were talking. They don't shit know about that. You know, they have no clue. That's so cool to keep it like that. <laughs> yeah. Because there's people that they, they can't just hold it in. They got to tell you. No, no, yeah. no. There's no need for anybody to know. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I respect your talent and I respect what you've done in the game. And you know, like, and if you can do my show once again, the crowd benefits, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Yeah. I, the dirty birds benefit. I'm cool with it. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. 
but man that's insane man the the stories those stories like i, I didn't even know that gabriel used to do that with ralphie yeah, yeah ralphie shared some amazing stories of that people, so cool. people don't know about yeah. when they would start and try to do gigs and they would work their day job and doing this and doing this to try to get to the clubs at night yeah you know um you have so many people uh that come through every week and then obviously you're very busy during the week as well mm -hmm. have you ever thought about doing a podcast i've contemplated it but it seemed for when i was really serious about doing it they were just popping up like crazy i'm like how am i going to stand out with these guys mm -hmm. you know and as much as i could just do the podcast from the green room and, mm, that's what I was and would have amazing people that i would be able to interview every week yeah i guess I guess I don't listen to enough podcasts myself. You know, I'll listen mm -hmm. to a Joe Rogan, you know, because I, I love everything that comes, you know, listen and listening to everything that comes out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. I guess I should start listening to more podcasts just to see what's on there and just see what the listenership is yeah. and what can happen. But, dude, congratulations, dude. You've, you've had this thing running for a long time. It's been a, it's been a little bit, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it's my own, um, my own, well, it's obviously a show, but my own comedy show or yeah. whatever where, you know, like yourself, you, you book people and you network yeah. with people. It's your therapy session. Yeah, it is, dude. <laughs> and I got my back therapy. I just got it on Amazon. I got this lumbar back support. It's actually fucking amazing. My back's not hurting yet. That's good, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling you before the show, I, I hurt my back about two weeks ago. Everybody's like, everybody thinks it's something like I, I did something drastic. No, I was just sleeping wrong. <laughs> I was just sleeping on my stomach. Yeah, that's a certain point in your life, and that's age where I, oh, I think I slept funny because you know, you know how I know I slept funny. I'm sore. Yeah, and all I did was sleep. All I did was sleep. I just, how did you hurt yourself? Oh, I was laying down. Yeah, at least lie. I know. Yeah, I was lifting some heavy furniture up the stairs, and I was uh, doing yeah. some deadlifts. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I can't fucking do deadlifts, dude. I'm fucking hurt. That's all right, buddy. Hopefully, in a couple in a couple weeks, I'll, I'll recover, though. You'll be fine. Let me ask you this: so people could find you, where could people find you and follow you on social media yeah. and all that the, stuff? The, the, the easiest way is if you want to get a hold of me or just see what's coming up is um, Twitter and Facebook. Sorry, I drew a blank. Twitter and Facebook under Gabe Lopez Comedy. Um, each one. And then uh, the Dirty has a website called Dirty at 1230.com. And uh, I should have paid for another year, so it should pop up. Cool. Dirty at 1230.com. Yeah. So hopefully it pops up. Yeah. My, my internet's acting up, so it's probably just my internet. It'll come up eventually. Yeah. Cool, man. So Gabe Lopez Comedy. Yep. Cool. Right on. And then you have a Facebook page as well for... Yes. The dirty oh, see, the second one. There we go. Dirty. Oh, yeah. You did have it right there. You got the Facebook one right yeah. here. And then you got your website. Yeah. Is it coming up? There it is. It'll come up eventually. Oh, look at that. Wow, I hadn't even seen it. That looks so, nice. Yeah, it's, it looks really <laughs> nice. And it's a group picture yeah. right on stage. You guys do that group picture yeah. with the fans, With the all, comics. all the fans, we always take a, a group picture after the show. That way we can like Facebook and tweet them. <laughs> I'm immediately, you know what I'm looking for? Oh, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> they're always, they're always around somewhere. <laughs> this is so cool, man. Yeah. The, the, the people you have brought out there, I've, I, it's just been amazing. Uh, first time I ever met Pablo Francisco was there. Yeah. Like, and he's a sweet there. guy. Like yeah. every time he's in Vegas, he just stops by and, uh, yeah. and understand that's when I respect these guys that it's about the art, not about the money. Mm -hmm. I, I've never paid Paulo Francisco a penny to do my show. Really? He yeah. just comes up and, 
And, and I'll even ask him, hey, can you do a little tortilla boy for me? Say, like, I retired it, but I'm pulling it out tonight. You know, and that, that's the coolest thing. It's like, it's like asking Journey, like, hey, will you sing Don't Stop Believing for me? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Gabe, we'll take care of that for you. You know, that, that's what it feels like to me. Oh, wow. That's awesome, brother. Cool, man. Well, let's, uh, let's end this show with a bang. We started with some Bruno Mars. How about we... We end with some good good old Bruno Mars. You huh? can't go wrong with Bruno. You just can't. I got such a man crush on that guy. That guy's awesome. <laughs> he is fucking dope, dude. <laughs> I, I, You know what? One day I'm going to do a podcast just on Bruno Mars. Dude, I'm, I'll be there. Okay. I'll totally be there. <laughs> do you like Hawaiian food? Yeah. There's actually a Hawaiian restaurant, the best in Vegas probably, uh, South Durango, and Bruno Mars went to eat there, and they have a picture of him on the wall. Really? Because he, he owns a, a restaurant somewhere in like... Summerlin, or I want to say it's called like Yoji, or it's one of those hot pot ones. He does? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's part owner of it. Oh, and, cool. And every time he's in Vegas, he goes to his restaurant. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, this, I don't know how old this picture is, but he's sitting there with his shades on, eating there, like, and that's like their proud moment, too, because Bruno Mars ate there. And if Bruno Mars ate there, he's Hawaiian, fucking. Yeah. yeah. Hawaiian. When I go there, I see Hawaiians eating there. So I'm like, this fucking place this is, is good. This is good, yeah. Yeah, it's not like one of those Taco Bell Hawaiian joints. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to mention any names, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, this place is fucking good. But um, yeah. Oh, cool. So it's called Yoji or whatever. A Yoji. I want to say like Y-O-J-I. I could be off on that, but something like that. I'm going to go check that out, man. Cool, brother. I will thank you, Gabe, for doing the podcast, Dude, brother. This is fun, man. Let's Hell do yeah. this again. Let's do it again. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah. Best song ever. Just why?